Welcome to Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. Are you hungry to hear more about our beautiful Savior Jesus? Well, the Bible declares that grace and peace are multiplied to us in the knowledge of Jesus. Join me for revelatory teaching, interviews with leaders in the body of Christ, and testimonies of God's goodness in your life. Thanks for joining the conversation to reveal more of Jesus to a hurting world today. We seek our own remedies. We seek our own solutions. We think we know what the problem is, and we misguide ourselves. And sometimes our own solutions that we come up with lead to deeper bondage and greater hurts and wounds. Yes, that is an excellent point. But before we get started, I want to give a quick shout out to our Christina Prayer Ministry sponsors who help support the mission to unite the body of Christ and fulfill the Great Commission with love. A big shout out to Gopher Ministries who provides all of our equipment for our gospel events. Davis Financial Services who does all of our financial accounting Harvest Family Network, through which I am licensed and ordained, and Life-Changing Productions, who helps put together evangelistic events to reach our city for Jesus. If you or your organization are interested in becoming a CPM sponsor, you can find out more information on our website at ChristinaPereira.org. Do you have a loved one special occasion coming up? and don't know what to get them, well, now you can sponsor an episode of Revealing Jesus in their name. And you can give them a special dedication message read on air. It makes a great gift. To find out more information, just go to christinapereira.org slash podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I am your host, Christina, and I'm so excited to have you with me here today. I hope and I pray that you are doing well right where you are and enjoying the continuously flowing favor of grace pouring from our beautiful Savior and Father in heaven. I've got a great show for you today. I have an amazing leader with me in the body of Christ. She is an ordained minister in the Four Square Church and currently is on staff in New Life Foursquare Church, California. And she is the author of Victorious Spiritual Warfare. Welcome to the podcast, Maureen Broderson. Thank you, Christina. It's an honor and pleasure to be with you and your guests today. Oh, well, thank you so much for being here with me. I have loved reading through your book, and I love the subtitle, So Simple Grandma Can Do It. (laughs) And if grandma can do it, anybody can. I love it. I love it. And of course, it's got a waterfall in the front, which is awesome. I love waterfalls. (laughs) And uh, thank you so much for being here with me. I've told our listeners so much about you. Can you share something with them, maybe something personal, just to help get to know you? Well, as I mentioned in my book, one of my favorite roles in this season of life is being Mima to my cute mm. grandsons. We raised two daughters and now we have three grandsons and no girls. And wow, what a difference. <laughs> that is a difference. <laughs> I feel like every day with them is an adventure, but they're brilliant mm. and loving and they love the Lord already. They've all been baptized and by their choice. And It's just so wonderful to watch them growing and becoming young men of God. And so that's one of our favorite things. And we got to move. We live close to the beach and our view is the ocean and Catalina Island. And we're 12 minutes from two of our grandkids, that daughter's family. And our other daughter, our oldest daughter lives in Colorado with her wonderful husband and adorable son. And so we get to travel and visit them and be in the mountains and pick if we want to be in snow or not. (laughs) That's awesome. Yes. (laughs) It's a wonderful place to visit. Yes, absolutely. I have to say, I, I love the beach. It's one of my favorite places, but there's something so beautiful about the mountains as well. So I'm glad you guys get to have your pick. That's awesome. Yes, yes. I love it. I love it. 
Well, tell me about how you met Jesus, first of all, because this is revealing Jesus. Okay. It was interesting. I was raised by parents who, in looking back, I can tell this now, they love the Lord. I observed my mom praying all the time. She told us, I'm praying for you, and let's pray about that. We didn't really go to church. I found out much later in life that my dad had been raised in church, so had my mom. They had both been baptized. They just weren't participants in a congregation when we were growing up. Mm -hmm. And um, when I met my husband, the gentleman who married us talked about being married and staying married. You'll want to find a church that's comfortable for you guys to go to together. And that will help nurture your marriage. And so I don't know why we waited, but we were engaged for almost a year. We got married and then we decided the next Sunday we would go to church. <laughs> so I don't know why we waited till after we were married, but we did. And um, the pastor gave an invitation and we responded to it. And I realized I'd never really had a personal relationship with the Lord. And it, he gave the invitation. We didn't respond there. They had people visit our home afterwards. Two people came, uh, a man and a woman. They were not a couple. The gentleman talked to Lance in the kitchen. The woman was talking to me in the living room, asking me about my background. She was raised in the church that my mom had been raised in. And wow, individually, uh, yeah, and that was not on the greeting card. So that wow. was odd setup. But uh, I remember Lance said, the gentleman asked him, he goes, so when your life comes to an end, um, you know, what's going to happen to you? He said, well, I'm going to go to heaven. And he said, well, why do you think that? And he said, well, because I'm a really nice guy. I'm ask anybody. I'm just really nice. <laughs> and the gentleman was very kind and led him through scripture where that really wasn't part of the criteria. Right. We got to pray together in our home and receive the Lord. And then off we went. We were engaged in the congregation. We served. We fell in love with the Lord. Our kids did too. They received the Lord at early ages, were baptized. And I've served in ministries at church. We served in Cleansing Stream for almost 40 years. At the time, I was working as a paralegal in the law office. And I felt like God was calling me to go to seminary, and I thought, okay. And I never intended to be a pastor. I wanted to do what we were already doing better. I always mm -hmm. wanted to be my best. So that was my ambition to navigate seminary. And then afterwards, God said, okay, now you're going to do what you went to seminary for, and you're going to become a pastor, and you're going to serve in my body. and." So off we went, and I'm still serving. Mm -hmm. I have another book in my heart, and I'm traveling and having the privilege of teaching seminars and workshops about spiritual warfare. And, and then I just keep asking the Lord, you know how old I am, right? And he said, yeah, I know that. He said, you do remember how old Moses was, right? <laughs> okay, I'm not there yet. So. <laughs> While I have breath, I will continue to serve. I love that. And, you know, I'm believing with you that God will renew my youth and my husband's youth so that we can continue to be strong. Just like Caleb, he was 80 years old and said, give me this mountain. Yes. And yes, Lord Jesus, my prayers that every gray hair would turn brown again. I'm just complete renewal. Amen. So be it, Lord. Amen. Well, I've loved reading through your book, uh, Victorious Spiritual Warfare. I thought it had some great foundational things in here for believers out there that might be struggling with some of these things. You talked about some principles that we can use as part of our everyday walk with God. You talked about the power of worship and about authoritative prayer. Can you talk about some of those different streams? and how they can help us live the victorious spiritual life? Certainly. It seems that 
Some people think the only way to achieve a victorious engagement with the darkness is confrontational prayer. But I don't find that to hold weight in scripture that, well, I don't want to put God in that box. And most assuredly, that is one of the ways we know his freedom. Mm -hmm. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the enemy. And a familiar passage to many of us is in John 10, 10, mm -hmm. that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that progression is very interesting to me in the original text. And if we think about the enemy wants to steal things from us, it might not be our jewelry, who knows, it, but he steals our hopes, he steals our dreams, he steals our joy our delight mm -hmm. in life, our ambitions, and then to bring us deeper into bondage, to snare us at a different dimension, then he wants to kill. Mm -hmm. And I kind of think if he could kill us physically, we'd be dead by now. So I'm not too worried about that one. Yeah. But he does kill off hopes. He kills off dreams. He kills off the joy and then destroy means as if it never was. That's a very powerful word. And then he will bring us so far down into the darkness that we, we forget we even ever had a dream. So, so many people just give up. And I'd love that there aren't that many verses that actually say exactly why Jesus came. We know the prophecies of the Old Testament. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to bind the wounds of the brokenhearted. He came to set the captives free. Mm -hmm. But in First John, it tells us that Jesus said he came to destroy the works of the enemy. But mm -hmm. I love that he did not bother with the progression. Mm -hmm. He wasn't wasting time with stealing and killing. He just came to destroy as if it never was. And he came to give us a life of abundance. Mm -hmm. And if we're not experiencing that abundant life of joy and peace and strength and delight, if something of that is missing in our life, then we know that the enemy's at work in our life. But God, he gave us power and authority over all the works of darkness over all the power of darkness. He didn't say over power and authority of darkness because in his death and resurrection, he took back the authority that Adam and Eve had surrendered in their mm -hmm. disobedience. He took it back. Yeah. And we remember when the enemy tempted Jesus in the wilderness, the event where he took him and he said, I'm showing you all the kingdoms of the world. This authority has been given to me, and I can give it to whomever I want. And if you will worship me, I will give it to you. And we know that Jesus' response to him was, the word says, I will worship the Lord my God and him alone. Yes. And behind me, Satan. But I also think it's interesting what Jesus didn't say. Mm. He didn't say, wait a minute, that's not yours to give. You don't have that authority. Because at that time, he did. Mm -hmm. When yeah. we sin, we give the enemy a place in our life. That's why Paul said, give no place to the enemy. That's why Jesus said, go and sin no more. We surrender a proportionate degree of our authority. And we are proportionately handicapped to achieve a victorious life when we sin. Did God know that we would? Absolutely. And again, in his death and resurrection, he has given us the remedy. And in 1 John 1, 8 and 9, we read, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth isn't in us. But we confess our sin. And Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And all in the Greek and in the Hebrew and in Aramaic, it means all. Amen. Cleanses us of all. So our first and most important principle in my view is to stay current with the Lord. Don't surrender the authority he has given us as followers of Christ. 
I inquire of him when I lay down to go to sleep every night, nearly every night. I ask the Lord, Lord, talk to me about what I did today that made you happy. What pleased your heart? And I love that he'll show me something. And then I ask him, Lord, what did I do today that made your heart sad, that I need to take care of? And he shows me. He wants us to be free and have that abundant life. So one of the principles is to stay current with the Lord. Repent when we've sinned. Make things right with those that we perhaps have offended. As far as it concerns us, live at peace with all men. Mm -hmm. And then another principle is the truth of God's word. In John 8, 32, it says, You shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. I have known people sitting down with their Bibles, reading the word, and experiencing the freedom that Jesus Christ gave his life to give. There has been an area in their life perhaps they've struggled with. The Lord will direct them in a scripture, and he sets them free in the mm -hmm. truth of his word. The love of God, perfect love casts out in 1 John four eighteen. It says it casts out fear. That's exemplary. Perfect love casts out. When we experience present love of Jesus Christ, the vastness of his care, concern, and commitment to our success, to our victorious life, we are set free. I prayed for a woman once. She was coming for prayer. I was set to pray a deliverance prayer over her. We knew what the struggle was. She felt like God was saying it's time. When she walked in the room, the Lord just simply spoke to me and said, embrace her and do not let go until she does. Mm -hmm. So I hugged her and immediately she began to weep and weep and weep, and I have no idea how long that embrace lasted, but mm -hmm. I went with her. Mm -hmm. I was just praying over her, and when we released that embrace, she was free. Mm -hmm. The look on her face was so glorious, mm -hmm. and she said, for the first time in so many years, I'm not hearing the voices of darkness in my head. Mm -hmm. It's quiet. It's quiet. And I just mm -hmm. sense God's love covering me. Mm -hmm. Thank you for praying for me. And I thought, oh my gosh, I now hardly said a word. Yeah. And then praying with her, it was amazing. I love it that. Sawing to me, not even just to her, that his love casts out darkness. Mm -hmm. And when we walk in the spirit, walk in worship, God inhabits the praises of his people. He brought them out of bondage, out of Egypt, to the mountain that they may worship him, mm. he says in Exodus 3. All of freedom that Jesus gives us is out of into. Sometimes we focus too much on the out of. And we probably all have met people who think everything that challenges them is the devil. Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I get myself in my own trouble. <laughs> but God, and he leads us out of darkness into his marvelous light. I should be a real estate agent. That is the biggest change of address we will ever know. Hmm. Out of darkness into light. Yeah. It's an amazing transformation. And then lastly, there is that stream of authoritative prayer. Jesus has given us the authority over the darkness. Amen. Jesus never prayed a prayer that is recorded in all of Scripture where he said, Father, will you please take this evil spirit from this person? Mm -hmm. He spoke directly to the darkness. Mm -hmm. And so we repent, we renounce the hidden sins of shame, we refuse further association with them. And then we command them to leave in the name of Jesus. If we're saying we want to be like Jesus, we need to start being like him. We need mm -hmm. to start doing what he did and saying what he said. 
And a third of his ministry was engaging the darkness and victoriously overcoming it. Mm-hmm. And he gave the commands. He cast them out with a word. Mm-hmm. Be silent. Come out of them. Or go now. Mm-hmm. Leave. Yeah. One time he said, okay, fine. You can go to the pigs. And the pigs ran over and jumped off a cliff. So, you know. <laughs> but he spoke directly to them and he commanded them to leave. Mm-hmm. And then the word tells us that the enemy will always try to come back and gain entry where he had been successful before. And so we don't want to leave that place. But Paul says, give no opportunity to the devil. It comes from the original word where we get our word topographical now, topos. It means there is actual place. And I don't really get into where that place is. Mm-hmm. If you are a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit of the living God is inhabiting you. Amen. Cannot be possessed by the darkness. Amen. But we can be manipulated and we can be influenced. And that word in the Greek is daimonita would be more, more rightly translated if we would use the word influenced by the enemy, mm-hmm. influenced by him. He speaks, he cannot read our mind, but he talks and he's an observing being. So we need to talk to him. And we need to tell him, no, I will not tolerate this in my life. I am a child of the living God who promises a life of abundance for me. And I will not let you steal or kill or destroy all that God has for me. You must leave now in in Jesus' name. And then we ask the Lord to show us, Father, what are you filling me with in that place that was vacated? What are you bringing to me now? Mm-hmm. And he'll give you words. He'll tell you, I'm filling you with peace. I'm filling you with joy. I'm filling you with confidence. And then the enemy, all, after prayer, the enemy always comes and he goes, that was too easy. Are you kidding me? I've been in your family for generations. You're not free. That didn't work. That was too easy. And at that point, everything that, that we've just talked about, Everything we pray, we can find in scripture. I, this was not my idea. <laughs> this is God's idea, which is why I have so much scripture in my book. Good. And I love just talk. The battle is won at that point. Will there be more battles? Absolutely. But at the end of a prayer time, you know when you're done praying. We pray until we're done praying. And you know mm-hmm. when that is. Mm-hmm. And then. When the enemy comes back and says, no, nah, I don't think that happened. I just tell him, listen, you have a problem with what God just did in me. Go talk to my dad. Mm-hmm. Yep. My dad's <laughs> bigger than your dad. This is when we get to call the enemy a bully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's not a big knockdown drag out. Yeah. Go talk, go talk to my dad. Mm-hmm. I'm living in his freedom. Yeah. Serving him. You know, I think one of our biggest training grounds for spiritual warfare is in what we are believing Mm -hmm. and our foundational understanding of the gospel of what Jesus has accomplished for us. Amen. If we are not wearing our armor, and people talk about putting on the armor of God, but the armor of God is what we believe. So in our head, you know, are we wearing that belief that we are saved, that we are saved, that we are saved, that nobody can pluck, you know, us out of our Father's hand, the helmet of salvation. Amen. Are we believing that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that righteous breastplate that covers our heart and stops every fiery dart of the enemy? Are we believing that? Do we have the belt of truth? Do we have the word of God deep down inside of us? Have we eaten the word of God? Has it become part of our life? Have we believed it? And then out of that, you know, then we can then begin to engage the enemy. And I'm so glad that you mentioned that, um, you know, I've seen so much in the charismatic circle looking for a demon under every rock. And it's not always a demon. Sometimes it's trauma that's been trapped. Sometimes it's, you know, something that we've gotten ourselves into. Sometimes it is the enemy. Sometimes it's something physical in our bodies. And that's why we must get wisdom and direction from the Lord. What are you saying? What are you doing? Um, That way we're not fighting haphazardly. 
Because one of the enemy's biggest tricks is to wear out the saints. If you are always fighting a spiritual battle, you need to realize that you may be being deceived. Amen. And, you know, that is not God's desire for us to constantly be engaging in spiritual battles. Right. One of my favorite ways, and I don't even consider it spiritual warfare, but it is if you break it down, is worship. Because my eyes are not on the enemy. My eyes are on Jesus. Let God arise and his enemies be scattered. You know, when we worship, when we exalt Jesus, when we focus on his face, the spirit of God is manifesting around us. And when we're speaking out his word, the angels are hearkening to the word of God that we've eaten, that we've believed, and is now coming out of our mouths, and they are fighting those battles. And hallelujah, I'd rather sit down and worship at the feet of Jesus and let God fight my enemies than for me to. Amen. And he will direct us. He'll tell us how to get free. Like that woman I just hugged. Yes. Before, I've never done it since. I love that. I talk about this in my book. We are the only ones who don't see what's going on in this battle. Mm-hmm. God sees, the angels see, the demons see, Satan sees. We're the only ones who don't see. And if we don't have the direction of the Holy Spirit, how can we know what we're to do? And when, like you said, God inhabits the praises of his people. We at the enemy on Calvary's ground. He has mm-hmm. no defense, no yes. defense. and he attends our worship. I, I talk about this in my book. One of my favorite definitions of worship is to center our mind's attention and our heart's affection mm-hmm. on the Lord. The enemy really only has one ambition, Christina. It's to get our eyes off of Jesus. Yes. Everything he throws at us is the means by which he seeks to accomplish that one ambition. Mm-hmm. It's the means. It's yeah. not the event. And sometimes we just complicate things so deeply. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, the enemy usually overplays his hand. So. Mm-hmm. so if, you know, we can get just paralyzed in wondering, oh, what am I going to do? Oh, gosh, did I hear God? Did I not? I don't know what to do. And she used to tell me, Maureen, just, Think about what the enemy would want you to do and do the opposite. Mm-hmm. Because he overplays his hand. Yes. Don't be so hard and don't wait. And we can. There are three voices we hear from every day. We hear from the voice of our loving Father God. Mm-hmm. We hear from the voice of our own flesh. And we hear the voice of darkness. And if we don't know who's speaking to us, We cannot rightly respond. So the enemy will masquerade himself. The word tells us he comes pretending he's a sheep or he comes as a roaring lion. He's not the lion, by the way. There is only one lion of the tribe of Judah, and that is Mm -hmm. Jesus. That word says like a roaring lion. Yes. Yes. So we respond differently to when our Father is speaking to us, when the Lord Jesus is talking to us. We respond in obedience. Mm-hmm. And our ambition is to shorten the time between when we hear it and when we do it. I'm still working on that one. And when we hear the voice of our own flesh, now, if we don't think our flesh talks to us, you know, it's kind of the voice of the world. But if I said, okay, everybody listening, let's go on a 30 day fast starting right now. Now, what was your first thought when I said that? My first thought? Yeah. My first thought was, okay, God, you're not telling me to do that. So no. <laughs> <laughs> or I usually think, can we start in the morning so I can have a big dinner? <laughs> That's your flesh. That's your flesh rising up. I wish we could cast out flesh. I would not ever have to be on another diet. You just cast it out. But we seek our own remedies. We seek our own solutions. We think we know what the problem is, and we misguide ourselves. And sometimes our own solutions that we come up with lead to deeper bondage and greater hurts and wounds. 
Yes, that is an excellent point. Excellent point. When we hear our flesh talking, we respond with discipline. That's what the disciplines are. And it doesn't happen by trying. It happens by training. And we need to recognize no one talks to you more than you. And I wouldn't even be friends with the people who talk to me the way I talk to myself sometimes. I have to make sure that I'm disciplining that, taking every thought captive to the obedience of the Lordship of Jesus Christ. And if I'm saying something about myself that I don't find in God's Word, it's not true. So I have to realign my thoughts, my thinking to align with Him and the truth of His Word. And then when we hear the voice of darkness, we resist the enemy and he will flee. Mm -hmm. We cast him out. We repent of our sin. And then we give him the legal right. We are removing his legal right to torment us when we're repenting. And then we tell him, you got to go. It's over. It's done. And there will be more battles. But a third of Jesus' ministry was confronting the darkness. We can't ignore it. We can't pretend. I don't want to do that. (laughs) It's Mm. just not as hard or scary. I've never had anybody's head spin around. I've never had anybody throw up green gook. It just is not. The enemy wants us to be Mm -hmm. afraid of him. He does. And you're right. It doesn't have to be that hard. And it can be very simple. Mm -hmm. You know, I have this story where we have to really realize who we are. Christ within us. The hope of glory. And even if we don't recognize who is in us, the kingdom of darkness recognizes who is in us. Yes. I've had situations where, you know, and I try to be very led by the Lord in every encounter, whether it's praying for somebody, encountering a demon or, you know, whatever it is, I'm always asking, okay, God, what are you saying? What are you doing? How do you want me to partner with you in this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the places that we really engage our flesh is in our will and mm-hmm. just turning that over to God and saying, okay, listen, I know I want to follow what you're doing mm-hmm. so that we don't go getting ourselves into trouble. Amen. Because even though we have been given power and authority, we are all in this upward stumbling of being transformed into the image of Christ and learning who we are and the authority that we carry and who is truly in us. And God is not going to lead us into a battle that we are not prepared for. In his great mercy and in his great love, he knows us better than we know ourselves. And so just saying, okay, God, what are you doing and what are you saying can keep us from getting into something that we're not ready for. Amen. And so I was on vacation a couple of years ago in this beautiful resort in the Dominican. And we were there celebrating our baby moon. I was pregnant with our daughter. And we were there just having a wonderful time, just me and my husband. And every time I walked through the lobby of this hotel, I would be overcome by fear. And I was like, Lord, finally, I went up to my room one day. I was like, Lord, what is going on? Why is this happening? Because I'm fine. I'm in this beautiful resort on vacation. What is going on? And he said to me, apparently there was a demon in a statue in the lobby. The owner of the hotel loved religious idols. And I think it was a Hindu god, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember which one. But he said to me, every time you walk past and you look at it, it is terrified you're going to cast it out. And I was like, Lord, I'm here on vacation. (laughs) I'm here enjoying this. Like, I have no intention of casting this demon out. I didn't even know it was there. But because I pick up things on the spirit very well, Mm -hmm. I could feel the fear coming off of this thing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I said, okay, Lord, what are you doing? What are you saying? Because I'm not about to get into, you know, a battle on vacation that I'm not equipped to win or whatever. He was like, okay, listen, I don't want you to deal with it. You're good. Just, you know, I want you to know what's happening. And so I would kind of mess with the thing. Every time I would walk through the lobby when I wouldn't look at it, I'd feel it would be fine. Uh And then I would turn to look at it and all of a sudden this overwhelming fear. And I would just kind of mess with it. Like, I'm not going to cast you out. I'm not doing anything. I'm here on vacation. (laughs) 
unless he says to send you out, I'm not doing anything. But we have to come to this place where we understand who is in us. Amen. And even though I wasn't seeing who was in me at the time, because I was preoccupied with vacation, Mm -hmm. that demon saw who was in me. Amen. And Christ in us never takes a break. Mm -mm. And I love that you mentioned that every believer in Christ filled with the Holy Spirit, baptized with the Holy Spirit, is inhabited by the living God, the powerful third member of the Trinity, displaying that image to the world of darkness. And so we don't need to be afraid. This is how Jesus simply cast out a demon with a word, go. It wasn't a long, drawn-out process. It comes from understanding who we are in God. And sometimes I've seen in the charismatic circle, people get stuck in this idea that the enemy still has power, but he truly does not. And our only responsibility is to remind him of the victory that Jesus Christ has already purchased for us. We are not fighting for another victory. We already have the victory. We simply enforce it. I love what you said. If you've got a problem with this, you need to go talk to God. And that's simply the truth. Talk to my dad. That's right. That's right. But the enemy is looking to see if you know that. Right. Absolutely. I talk about that in my book. He does know. He just hopes we don't or that we forgot. And so many people have forgotten. They get caught up in the story of their life and their story and what they're going through is the story. And we forget we are a line in a paragraph in a chapter of God's grand story. And his word tells us in Ephesians, the manifold wisdom of God is made known by the church to the principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. Amen. That indicates there, there is a hierarchy in the demonic realm. And God's intention is that the church is the instrument, the vehicle by which the wisdom of God, the redemption of mankind through Jesus Christ, our Lord, is going to be made known to all of the world and the heavens by the church. That's our responsibility. This is boot camp, Christina. We're going to rule and reign in glory with the Lord through all eternity. And he is wanting us to know our responsibility is enforcing Christ's victory over Satan. Amen. Implementing on earth heaven's decisions concerning the affairs of men. God has placed the enforcement of Calvary's victory in the hands of his church. Amen. And it's delegated authority. And we have to believe that it is wholly inoperative apart from the prayers of the believing church mm-hmm. of his people. That was his decision, not ours. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have picked me for this <laughs> life of war, but you know, I love a saying my dad used to say all the time. He said, there's no neutral ground. We read in scripture that the enemy was enraged with the woman. He couldn't stop the birth of Jesus Christ. And it says he went off to make war with the rest of her offspring and those who hold the testimony of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So he is off making war against us. Yeah. One of our biggest obstacles is unbelief, as Mm -hmm. you mentioned. Yes. And there is a spirit of unbelief that gives place to a complacency that people sit back and they just think, oh, this is not a war I want to be in. I had a student when I taught spiritual warfare in seminary. I always ask the students, why have you come? What do you hope to learn? This gentleman was a very humble pastor. He had flown in from the Midwest to take this module format class. He said, I used to think the enemy was a sleeping dog, and I thought if I didn't kick him, he wouldn't kick me, he wouldn't bother me. And that position has not served me well of late. Mm-hmm. There are things happening in my church. There's things happening in my family. I know it's the enemy, and I have no clue what to do. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've come. Now, I saw two fatal errors 
in his assessment. I acknowledged his humility, his transparency. Mm-hmm. But First Peter 5 eight tells us that the enemy is roaring, is roaming, seeking whom he may devour. He is like a roaring lion seeking. Again, like a lion. He is not the lion. So he, he's not asleep like a dog. And he's not a dog. So the Lord has given us authority and power over all the power of the enemy. Amen. So on earth, Martin Luther said there is not as equal. We don't want to be ignorant of him, mm-hmm. but we don't need to be afraid of him. Yes. The Lord's eyes are roaming too, mm-hmm. to and fro. And we read that in Second Chronicles, that he is searching and he shows himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is toward him. Mm. He searches for us. He wants to be strong on our behalf. He, he wants to us to engage him. The one statement that he's just been repeating to me over and over again is the realization of his presence is mm-hmm. the revelation of his power. Mm-hmm. When we get a grip of who is alive in us, the same Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Yes. We don't have junior Holy Spirit. We don't have 10% of the Holy Spirit. We have the same Holy Spirit who raised Amen. Jesus from the dead alive in us. Mm-hmm. And our strength is in our submission. We know that we have been given authority and power. But I would hope all of our listeners will remember that we can't be in authority until we have learned to come under authority. Amen. Uh, Ours is the privilege. His is the power. We do what we do because God is alive in us. And our strength is in our submission to the Lord our God. Amen. And we lay down self-will. And we say, as Jesus said, not my will, Father, thine be done. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Yes. Sorry, that was a lot. I get so excited. I know. Well, I feel like I could keep talking to you for a long time. Say it again. Yes, I will. Yes, you can come back and we'll keep talking, man. I like it. I love it. <laughs> well, before we go, is there anything burning on your heart that you'd like to say directly to our listeners? There is. In Southern California here, we've had some really unseasonably dramatic hot, hot weather in the last month. It's finally cooling off. But on one of those days, just excruciating heat, thankfully, I'm blessed to have air conditioning. Mm-hmm. I went to the thermostat to turn it on and crank it down. And um, I just had that picture. On the left side of that device, there's a thermometer. And the thermometer is reflecting the atmosphere of the room. It was telling me, oh, no, this is way too hot in here. (laughs) And then on the right side, there's another instrument that I can press and I determine where I want the temperature to be. So I have the ability, with a touch of a finger, because of the equipping that we have, to change the atmosphere in the room. Mm, I and love God that. Said the most interesting thing to me, he said, Maureen, that's you. That's what spiritual warfare is. That's mm. what life in Christ is. Mm. I do not call you to reflect the atmosphere of the world around you. Mm. I am calling you to change it. Amen. And I have given you everything you need to do that. I have equipped you. I have empowered you. I have anointed you. I have appointed you. I have given you the wholeness of my presence. I never intended for you to live this life alone. I gave you myself in the person of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to be an instrument to impose my victory on Calvary into the circumstances of your daily life. When you walk in the room, the Holy Spirit walks in the room. Mm -hmm. And you have the ability to change the atmosphere with a prayer. And that's what he is calling us to do. And that we can know the works of darkness can never withstand the light of the living God. Mm-hmm. The lies of the enemy 
can never withstand his truth. And the power of darkness can never withstand the power of God's mightiness provided by Christ and his shed blood on the cross and his resurrection and all the authority that he has given to us. Ours is the privilege. His is the power. Amen. I just want to encourage our listeners, go be thermostats. I love it. Be a thermometer. (laughs) Change the atmosphere. Don't tolerate the darkness. Listen for the voice of God. And, you know, Dallas Weller described Jesus in his life on earth in one word. He said he was relaxed. Mm -hmm. It was never manipulated by the darkness. Mm -hmm. He never let the enemy determine when the prayer time would be, what the topic of the prayer would be. He only did what he heard the Father say and the Mm -hmm. Father doing. And that's what he wants for us. Amen. 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 I love that so much. And it's how I aim to live my life as well. And I hope every believer out there, but there's such, Jesus accomplished so much in so little time in three years of his earthly ministry because he was so led by his father. And I think, Lord, I just want that. I want that so much. Yes. You know, just we could turn the world upside down. (laughs) Amen. Or thermostats, Christina. I love it. I love that so much. I love it. Thank you. Will you pray for our listeners before we go today? I would love it. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this time, Lord, that Christina and I were able to share not only our personal experiences with you, but the truth of your word, Mm -hmm. the, the plans that you have for us for our good, for our success, for our victory. Lord, help each and every listener come to the realization of their need of a Savior. Mm -hmm. Lord, we can't do this on our own. And that, Lord, it isn't our idea. It was yours. You have Mm -hmm. said there is no way to come to the Father except by you. And Lord Jesus, you gave your very life for us. You are a reach down, step into our reality, God. Mm -hmm. And you loved us so much that you gave your life that we would be reconciled to you. It's not about if we deserve it. We don't, Lord. Mm -hmm. It's not about being worthy because we're not. But Lord, you said you are worth it. You have determined the worth and the value of each one of these listeners. And you love them so much. You want them in relationship with you mm-hmm. that they may know your abundant life, of health, of wholeness, of freedom, of unity, of peace and joy and delight. Mm-hmm. Will we have trouble? Oh, yes, most assuredly. I hate to be the one to break it to everybody, but Jesus said in this life, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation, but don't be afraid. I have overcome. He has won, beloved. Oh, Father, thank you that we don't fight for victory. We fight from victory. We fight from that place that you destroyed the works of darkness. So, Lord, I speak your grace over each and every listener. Lord, if they're hearing your spirit drawing right now, drawing them, According to your word, we cast down every imagination that seeks to exalt itself against the living God. Oh, beloved, respond to him. Say yes to Jesus. Surrender your life to him. Repent of your sin. Repent of turning away. Simply saying, Jesus, please forgive me where I have turned away from truth from you. I receive you as Savior. I receive you as Lord. And I thank you that you come and you're bringing me out of darkness into your marvelous light. Amen. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. I will know and hear your voice that you will lead me into all truth, that you will guide me. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father. 
for these that you have brought into your kingdom. And Christina and I rejoice with you today. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Maureen. I really appreciate that. I know that powerful prayer is going to bless a lot of people. And I love that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you. Thank you for helping me share the word and share the truth in my book. It most assuredly isn't about selling books. It's about sharing God's truth and sharing his word and his life that he has for us. One of victory. And it isn't complicated. It's simple. And he has called us all to be his people, to bring to earth all of his intention and purpose for us. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Christina. You are most welcome, my friend. Well, I hope and I pray that today's episode has blessed you and I will have links from today's podcast and resources in the show notes on cpnshows.com under Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. And you'll find additional resources to connect with us and our special guest, Maureen Broderson. And don't forget to pick up a copy of her new book, Victorious Spiritual Warfare. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless. Amen. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Revealing Jesus with Christina Pereira. I hope today's episode has blessed you. Please subscribe, share it with your friends, and don't forget to sign up for our ministry mailing list for more encouraging content about our beautiful Savior, Jesus. Just text JESUS to 1-833-815-7778. That's 1-833-815-7778. 7778. And of course, it's your turn now to join the conversation. Send me your burning questions, leaders you would like to hear from in the body of Christ, your testimonies, and more. Just click join the conversation in the show notes. And for more information about our ministry, visit us at ChristinaPereira.org. Until next week, may grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. God bless.